0: This program is for mature
1: audiences only. Please have your fake ID ready.
0: Welcome to Blind Guy Talks Tech, the weekend edition. Featuring Sean Priest, Tim Schwartz, Robin Christopherson, Sally Clay, But first, that blind guy himself, it's Stephen Scott.
1: Oh, hello, welcome to Sunday's edition of the Weekend Edition. Hope you're all well today. uh, We've got the team with us, of course. We have Lord Robin of all. Peace, our base. Hello. I had uh, we yeah. <laughs> <Ooh-war, ooh-war. laughs> We've also got the farmer. Hello. Howdy. Yeah. Uh, no, it, didn't, it didn't do the same without Sally shouting and making sheep yeah, noises no. all over it, did it? She's missed. <laughs> We've got no, no Sally with us this week, unfortunately. She's uh, working again. Uh, but we do have all the way from America. Uh, uh
0: Hello. Tim Schwartz. Hello, Tim.
1: Hello. Hi. How are you? So, you know, I was getting confused, right, about the whole where everything was, where all my jingles were in my little list here. So I decided this week to put my old Perkins to the the test here. And and, uh, what I did was I actually brailled out all the numbers and the associated idents with them. Mm -hmm. How clever is that? Well, that's
2: a first. Okay. And how are you finding that system? How is your braille reading skills holding up?
1: It's not as quick as I'd like, if I'm honest no. with you. And I keep having to go, hang on, G, what's that again? Uh, so uh, F is 6, so G is 7. Right, OK. And then it's so yeah, reading and thinking at the same time never been my strong point. No. Um, but you know what? It's the, it's the way to start using Braille, which is really? to actually, you know, use Find
2: a use for it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and it's exactly. working. i got to say, Stephen, all those intros were correct. Well done.
3: Yes.
1: It's because I committed them all to memory yeah. first.
3: <laughs> well, typing it out in, you know, brailing it out might have just committed them to memory, so job done.
1: I actually think there's some truth to that. Yeah, I do. I think yep. sometimes just doing that alone is is the help, isn't it? Um, yeah. I always, I used to do this years ago. Actually, I used to write things down, and it wasn't about writing it down to read it back. It just seemed for some reason to commit it to the memory. Don't know that why. Makes sense. Really what weird.
3: number is Tim say? Because or, or letter. Because I'm that you could go for a kind of a mnemonic type thing. A mnemonic, yeah. T- I'm trying to work out what mnemonic means. Oh, uh, what, 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 what letter or key is for Tim? Just say. Ah, uh, so Tim, Tim is on uh, seven. Seven. Okay, so just picture him with a big seven on his chest, or what? Uh, <laughs> uh, um, magnificent seven. Think of him as being uh, magnificent. Clever.
0: Job's done. Isn't
3: he yeah. though?
1: Isn't
0: he though? I was I was waiting for Sean to say just imagine him is 7 feet tall exactly that's, <laughs> that's, that's a good word it. yeah 7 Job's feet tall done. Tim even though I'm not but Tim is 7 Sean thinks
1: I am. he's a mountain
2: yeah.
1: uh, Sean is 6 oh am I um because we could I'm we could do s- so <laughs> many yeah. things we could do there Let's not! Anyway, moving on. Uh shall we um shall we get back into the emails? Because there's so many emails and voicemails as well, so I want to get into those. Yes. Let's get into the email. We, we, get, get, email. Email. we get your email we get your every email, day. Every day. Even during the show. Umba 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 That's the uh, Dogman's sick again. Sorry. Yep. It always is. <laughs> Um, Addy writes in I trust you're all well I am Addy And I'm writing here for the first time <laughs> Oh, welcome to the show, Addy Hello, Addy Welcome to the show Brand new listener Well, I don't know if you're a brand new listener But you're, you're first time getting in touch with us That's very kind um, Long time listener, first time writer Yeah I enjoy listening to your shows on headphones uh, I, don't, I, I think she means the show on headphones Not listening to the show on headphones But then that could also be true mm. Do you know she's a she? It could also be a he I have a colleague Adil, who's Addy. Just saying, he's a he. But carry on. Well, we, we don't know that they. Let's just say they. Yes, exactly. Because yep. we don't know. You're absolutely right. I do, I jump, I, I, but I do actually know your full name. Um, I don't want to say it in case I get the the pronunciation wrong. So I I don't want to say that. But you've referred to yourself as Addy, so let's just go with that. Because you know I can get myself into trouble all on my own. But um. <laughs> Let's yes. just let's just not. Yes, you you Robin, since Robin's brought Sorry. it up, yeah, we yeah, we're, 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 yeah. Just, yeah that's it. Uh, so anyway, um, listening to your show on headphones, yes, and the most recent one about a keyboard, well, one where keyboards were mentioned. I'm writing this mail to share my views and thoughts on headphones and keyboards, and also ask a few questions and provide a few recommendations as well. So first up, keyboards. In uh, one of your recent episodes, Stephen, you talked about the Logitech MX keys. Even I have good things to say about this one. In the near future, I may need to replace my existing Logitech keyboard, which I use primarily with my Windows 10 laptop. This is one of the models which I have shortlisted. However, I have two questions. Does Logitech's MX keys have the two rows of home, end, page up, page down, insert, and delete? Yes. Can we use the F1 to F12 keys without using the function keys? Yes. Yes. I also do not think it has the application key, but guess we can use Shift and F10 key for that. Well... Ooh, it does, it, actually. I found it. Yeah, it, it does. And I, but that's interesting, because I think the the Windows version, because there's two versions of this. I've got the Mac version. You've got the PC version, right?
0: Uh, I guess so. I, I can use mine with a Mac, however. You I, can, yeah. Yeah. I actually also use it with my iPhone, because it's got the three buttons on it where you can switch between uh, devices that you're using it for. But at least on mine, I guess if it is a PC version, the very, very top right, I don't know what the very top right button is, but the one just to the left of that, so second one in from the top right, basically, that mm. is an applications key. Oh, interesting. Yes. I was so excited when I found yeah, that. Yeah,
3: but that'll be on the PC one, because I mean, the differences yeah. will be like the PC one will have a Windows logo, probably. But that's but
1: that's the point, right? So. But know, on the- mine,
0: though, when I've had my wife read the keys to me, she says um like what is it command and was the command and controller the same thing or command and alt or whatever i don't know mac alt Alt. Alt. okay so on my alt key it says command slash alt Mm. oh okay it Mm -hmm. says both on the Oh, yeah
1: they are different Mm -hmm. because this one here only has control option command
0: Mm.
1: so they're labeled they are labeled specifically so this is this is meant for mac but you can of course use it on a windows pc you just need to know what keys you're You're running with and that doesn't really we don't see the key labels anyway right so it doesn't matter so much but you know this is definitely built um and and labeled for a mac
0: yeah with mine Um, i'm pretty sure there's a key where you would think the applications key should be by the uh, right control key um if you use that and escape it switches you between modes and i've done that quite a bit to you know get the function keys to work or the up and down volumes to work um but i believe when i switch those modes it can put it into either a mac or pc type mode, so it should, at least uh, the version I've got does work with both as far as I know.
1: Yeah, it, it does. I mean, it absolutely will work with anything. Um, it's just that the the key layouts are different. I think it's basically intended so that if you're on a Mac, You've got the Mac layout. On a mm-hmm. PC, it's interesting, though, because you don't get, like, a PC version. You get a PC slash Mac slash Chrome slash Android slash iPhone slash, you know, base And these right. keys, I amazed there's enough room on them yeah, for all the different the, combinations that has to be.
0: Yeah, hence the having to figure out where's the application's key, really, because the key that I keep hitting is a function key, not an application's key. And so, yeah, mm. to be able to find an, a proper application's key was was a nice, uh, you know, discovery. But, yeah, the, the actual being a function key down there really threw me for a loop wouldn't it be great if once you've connected to say an i device then
3: the you know button to the left of the spacebar is the command i know it's kind of well, it labeled is. it's got multiple labels on there and it you know is it is that but you know um And the one two to the right of the space bar would be the applications key when it's detecting that it's connecting
0: to Windows, that sort of thing. But it is, though. Remap the keyboard, I mean, each time. But it does, minus the applications key, because there is a specific separate applications button on here. But otherwise, yeah, when I switch between, say, my iPhone or my PC, it automatically switches the keyboard as far as using it. So I have to still use VO plus whatever to do things on my iPhone. Uh, and I presume yeah. it, it would automatically figure that out for the Mac as well. So it, minus the applications key being different, everything else in my experience is, is seemed to just switch when I switch between devices.
1: Now, Addy also asks, uh, because I mentioned the Logitech MX Keys Mini that I've got, and uh, uh, Addy says, you see, you primarily use it with your iOS device. I thought you used an Apple Magic Keyboard. And in fact, even remember getting, you're getting a, a Fenty, the keyboard case. Uh, for your Apple keyboard, wow, you've been listening a while, Addy. You know the score. Mm-hmm. Um Addy should also right.
0: know that you have like a warehouse of keyboards <laughs> and a website, and you know, keep Stevens keyboards dot something. And yeah, yeah.
1: Stevens keyboards dot com. It's mm-hmm. my little place where I you send emails keyboards. to other people. My wife tells yeah.
0: me that you collect keyboards, like I collect headphones and, and Bluetooth head you know Bluetooth headsets.
1: Oh, I do that as well. Yeah. I, I, you actually say that as I'm sitting with three pairs yes. of, of AirPods. Well, various various <laughs> AirPods in particular. There's like Headphones with one in it, or earbuds I guess you call them, mm. with one. One's <laughs> not. It's just such a mess in here. But yes, I do have the um, the Logitech MX Keys Mini as well. And I, I do find that good. Yeah, I, I'll be honest, I didn't really buy it with the intention of using it for the iOS devices. I am using it that way just now. Um, but I do have the iOS keyboard. I, t- I tend to take the Magic Keyboard with me when I'm on the move because it's got that cover on it. And mm. I just have them all connected all the time to my iDevices. Um, So you know, I kind of go between. And usually, if I'm honest, it's dependent on the battery. So when the battery dies in one, I just pick up the other. And that's kind of tend to how I do it. Um, uh, Addy says, I've been using the Magic Keyboard since March 2020, and it's brought magic into my life. Uh I just love typing on it and serves my purpose just well. When I got it, I had to source this from the UK, as it was not available here. So did you find the uh, Logitech MX Keys Mini better? And if so, why? Well, you do allude to this in your email, Addy. Uh, except for multi-device support, which Mini provides, is there something more uh, as compared to the Magic Keyboard? Well, uh, not really. I mean, it is the multi-aspect of it. You, you have one keyboard on the desk. It connects to multiple. In my case, it's connected to my Samsung Z Flip 3. It's connected to my iPad Mini. And it's connected to my iPhone. So you know, all three are connected to that one device. And then I have my main uh, Logitech MX keys, which is connected to my, my Mac Mini. My MacBook Pro and my PC laptop. So, you know, all six devices are covered with just two keyboards. It's yeah. nice. You've got a lot of stuff. That's just that's just what's on the desk. Don't look under the <laughs> desk. Um, Addy says headphones. At one time, I was a collector. I had more than 20 wa- twenty pairs of headphones of different types. Wow. wow hey, this is uh, up against you, Tim. Maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, Since I started on my minimalism journey, oh, yeah, I tried that (laughs) game as well. Didn't work. Um, But uh, Addy has discarded or given away most of them. Currently, I have five to six pairs of headphones and use all of them. If there is something I've not used for a year or so, I generally don't keep it. But my current favorites, which I use with my iOS device, are AirPods Pro and Bose frames. In fact, I was amongst the early adopters of the Bose frames, I think, along with you, Tim. Yep. I had the Rondo and had also done an experience uh, sharing. Of course, this was almost two years ago and back in the the local language post that at least a dozen of visually impaired acquaintances got themselves a pair of frames. Of course, some stopped working just suddenly and we had to get it replaced, which was not not always the easiest of processes. (laughs) She talked to Robin about that. He gets a new pair every week. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Last June, I migrated to Bose Tempo and find them so much better as compared to the altos and rondos. I know Robin loves his frames, and Sean. I cannot believe this. He was the first to complain that the recording with frames is terrible. And then the next week, we hear he gets himself a pair of altos. Well, we love you, Sean, although I wonder why all of you got the altos instead of the tenure, the soprano, or the tempos. Was it the discount or something else? Um, No,
0: definitely, just because of the discount. I, I was such an early adopter that they only had the Rondos and the Altos available, and the other ones weren't out yet. So I
2: think... And it's all about the head tracking for me, and it's only the Altos and the Rondos that support that. Yeah. Well, that's... That know, was the, that's I mean, way. And
1: again, that's yeah. not a reason to go out and buy them now, because, to be honest, they only really work with Soundscape, um, and that, that AR feature has been discontinued. Right. So, you know, really, the only reason we got them was because of that feature in there. So if you have something like Soundscape... It's gonna make the difference. Now you talked about this through the week, Sean, and um you know, it was just really interesting to hear you talk about the, the impact that Soundscape has had with you.
2: Oh, I'm loving it. Yeah, I'm absolutely loving it. I, I still I still say you don't record with any Bluetooth mics whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't record anything. But I mean, you know, taking a call, absolutely fine. But um it is the head tracking for me makes a huge difference. I don't like holding my phone out in front of me purely because I find it is an inconvenience. I'm not worried about it getting stolen or anything. I'm just worried about dropping it or you know it just gets in the way so putting, being able to put the phone in my pocket and um start up soundscape and have a route and just turn my head and know you know that's the way to go or that's what what's in front of me is amazing so I do love them for that and it makes me think I can't wait till we get real smart glasses it makes it oh god I know.
3: that was such a brilliant conversation that mm. you had about you know your experience with that and while I was up north, um there's a really big loop down that I south. like to do.
2: Can you <laughs> yeah. stop saying up north in that? I know, because you weren't up north. You were in the mid north of England, weren't you? Yeah. I was. That's down south. Sorry, oh, it's down south for Stephen, yes. Okay. <laughs> so we're talking about sorry, so just in case you we're up middle. No, it's <laughs> the east. We're just, we're talking about <laughs> I got lost and I used Ira to walk me out of the um out of the park, out of the field, and it was Amazing. They pulled up the map. They knew exactly where I was from my GPS and they walked me out of there all within the five minute free period that I had. It was fantastic. Sorry, Robin, just giving the background.
3: Yeah. So for me, um, I like to do a really big loop. It's nearly four miles and Archie, my last guide dog, had it down pat. It was really, really good. But I've done it a a few times with Hugo. And there's one point where we go up a high street in nearby town and it's a bit dodge and it certainly was when I first did it when I was up there and because a guide dog is so good at allowing you to switch off then the temptation is to and just let them do it and when you do that then you know things can go a little bit awry so for example I knew that I had to go along this stretch Um, we indented slightly on a on a, a crossroads you cross that one at some lights and i can never find the poles so i always have to wait until somebody else has pressed the button um go <laughs> yeah. across that and then you out dent again and then you carry on and then it's the next left well this high street i think must have a little left hand jig in it or kind of you know it turns around to the left which i'd probably not been switched on enough to know in the past was the case because we were went around a little bit to the left felt some bumps, told him to go up to the curb and it wasn't at that outdented intersection. We were still halfway up the high street so I ended up crossing the high street and then obviously from then on all of the things that you've got in your head are turned around so you end up going way off-piste, you know yeah. um, because, you know, the outdent then takes you further down the high street the other way until you get to the next turning off and then you've headed off into the great unknown. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, I was a good 25 minutes later getting back after having asked some helpful people. Could have done Ira. Should have thought of that. But anyway, lots of very helpful people up north. Really lovely guys. Um, awesome. And the next time I did it, I set markers. I set Soundscape markers and it was absolutely brilliant. I set them at the intersections, the, the kind of key turning points. And because I had AirPods 3 in, I had the, the head tracking uh, thing going as well. So you always knew exactly where that beacon was, the next kind of leg of the journey. And you just seamlessly go past them and then it it locks onto the next one. And that's the new, you know, route feature that they've got. And it was just so, so brilliant. And, you know, I went past the the corner and I was going a good sort of 30 feet up the next one and realised that the beacon was set a little bit too far. So what do you do? You whip the phone out of your pocket, you point it back the way you've just come and you nudge that marker, you know, 30, 60 feet back that way so that it'll be spot on the corner next time. So it's very, very powerful and it just takes a lot of the, you know, stress or kind of potential pitfalls out of a journey so that you, uh, you know, you never really get fully turned around. But um, yeah, like you were saying with yours, that doesn't help if you've got a marker on the park bench or something if there's a bit of a jungle in between.
2: Yeah, that's right. It yeah. doesn't get you around the obstacles, no. right? But it, at least it knows I knew exactly where I needed to go and I knew you know it gets you orientated in the right way. But that that nudge thing has me interested because I haven't managed to figure that out yet. That yeah. was in the latest update you're able to nudge markers so there's that GPS drift, right? I find I'm always about 15 steps away from where it says you you know it's nearby. 15 steps on from that I, that's where it actually is. Yeah. It's, so it's nudge pretty it
3: backwards, yeah. Sp-
2: pretty consistent so is that something you could do uh, you just nudge it back
3: yep yeah ah, cool. and honestly so many times i've been in like a wilderness because i've let him off and i've gone off the often during uh the autumn when pay, pavements are covered in uh leaves anyway yeah um And particularly after it's been raining a bit and they're a bit mulchy, there's absolutely no feeling of path underneath there. So you can really end up in the middle of nowhere. Yes. I've had to call him. I've had to put him on. And he weaves me out of, you know, you never work a dog off a pavement usually ever. But you in these situations, you know, they will get you back on track. But goodness me, you can easily get in the middle of nowhere in a bush, like you said.
2: We were talking about the, the, the tactile feedback of a cane versus a guide dog. Um, I think we were yeah. talking about Stephen that time. Mm-hmm. I think you came back, Robin, and said about the tactile feel you get from, from a harness anyway.
3: Oh, totally. So you were talking in that brilliant chat about the level of information you get from a cane, on sometimes not because, you know, the tip is only ever in kind of one place at a time. But, um, yeah, with a dog, there's minute information that comes through the handle. Of the harness so you know if it goes up a kind of a half curb or over a little uneven pavement you feel all that and it's naturally kind of two paces ahead of you so you know you'll get it in a sec Um, so yeah there is an awful lot of information it's not just kind of gross information about which way you're turning and stuff like that every curb um, up and down in our area there's a lot of um, pavements that have been tarmacked rather than paved and there isn't the kind of trip hazard that there used to be where the pavements have kind of risen ridden up a little bit and you just catch mm. the end of it but there is still loads of up and down where the roots of trees have pushed the tarmac up etc you get all of that it's great really good
1: yeah I, I don't i'm not i wouldn't disagree with any of that i, I had a very short experience with a guy dog when i was 19. Um, it didn't work for me then but i know why because i i think i had too much vision at that point to be honest mm. i was directing the dog and it wasn't directing me yeah. you know and that that, that just doesn't work um, the truth is i don't go out enough now to justify a guide dog and, and when i do go away if i am going somewhere it's it's you know on a train long distance or it's traveling abroad so i'm not going to need to take a guide dog with me it wouldn't be appropriate to do that uh, for me anyway um, and also, do you know what? I just don't think I want it. <laughs> this is a honest truth. I don't, I don't want the I don't want the hassle of it. A
3: considered choice because obviously it comes with responsibility, etc. It does. But it could also be a cut before horse thing. You could get a, well, dog. You could get a dog, and you'd have to take it out twice a day. So you know that would get you out. But yeah, you don't have to go out. If you
1: well, that one. that was interesting. That was an interesting discussion I had with the guide dogs people at the time. Because I said to them, well, one of the things I'm thinking about is this would be good for my exercise. It would get me out of the house a bit more. And they said, yeah, but that's not, they they didn't consider that a reason to get a guide dog. They said, look, you don't get a guide dog to start doing things you don't normally do, Mm -hmm. because that's not a good way to do it. Because then essentially what you're doing is you're interrupting your schedule. To do something you wouldn't do, and they they actually would recommend against that, which was which I find quite interesting because I thought that was the whole point of having a guide dog. But um, guide dogs and, are so as as much of an investment,
3: no. so yeah. they have to have a good rationale. And yeah. but if it was to enable you to be more independent with shopping and that sort of thing, then that would totally be a good enough reason. But it's but never going to happen for me. Covered, <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, that's. I mean, I'm you not know, going to deliver stuff. The co-op will deliver stuff. You know, the, <laughs> the neighbors will get me something if I need it. You know, I don't need to go out the house for that kind of stuff. And I just think, you know, for that kind of thing, for going out, I use my cane. I think. I think the problem is, I think when you're a cane user. You actually begin, and I, I realized this because it was interesting. I got an email from someone this week, and I'll I'll keep it quiet because it was a private email uh, from one of our listeners who emailed me about this particular topic. Um, and they said, the thing is. You know, obviously must work for guide dog owners, you know, getting that information through the harness, like, you know, dodgy paths or pavements or whatever. Otherwise, we'd never leave the house. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny, sometimes just that little bit of perspective just says it all, right? Mm-hmm. But of course you get used to it. I think maybe what I learned out of that was I rely a lot on the cane. I rely a lot on the feedback from the cane. And I need to maybe just pick my feet up a bit more and go for it. Um because interestingly, in that email, the person also suggested that the balance issues I'm having may be more to do with my weariness of walking and not about a balance issue. Although I do think there's a balance issue as well. Because for example, well, that's not an example, it's the truth, or the reality, I guess, which is that my left eye was my worst eye for a long time. And now, it's my, now my right eye is the worst eye. So it's kind of knocked me off balance a little bit. I only realized that when I went to the optician last time. And they said, yeah, the, the right eye is now the one that's, that's worse. So, Mm -hmm. I've often been working on the opposite way around. Um, So, it's that kind of way of getting used to the world again and relying on vision. I still rely on what I've got. And I know some people say that's a good thing. I'm never entirely sure if it is because I don't know how much I can trust, to be perfectly honest with you. I don't know what I'm really looking at is. Yeah. It's not a good thing. Exactly. It's
3: funny because I can't, my balance is affected by closing my eyes. And I don't know what that's all about. And if people are you know, wanting to kind of have a more ex- extreme example. If you can't see at all, try walking along with your eyes looking up at the sky. You'll fall over. <laughs> it's weird. Mm. Your eyes are involved in balance. It really is. They really are. So, um, yeah, for me, closing my eyes is, is a no-no when walking along. But maybe if they're giving you uh, conflicting information, maybe don't close them, but put, you know, those full shield glasses on so you can't see a thing.
1: Yeah. Tim, any thoughts on this before we move on? No,
0: no. Um <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's fine, I just thought I'd ask. Um No, well, I
0: the- oh, I agree with everything that, that you guys have been talking about between yeah. uh just you know the, the feedback that you get between a cane or a guide dog. Um and yeah, I, I'm I'm very happy to use things like my Bose frames with something like Soundscape, although I've lost my Bose frames again. I can't find
1: them. So, <gasps> oh no! That's I set them worse. down
0: and then, then I walk away. And
1: Don't I put was... things down. Get them. That's why. I do you know? I've realised this is why everything that is in the blind world comes with a lanyard.
2: Yeah, it should. <laughs> yes,
1: I've got I've got a lanyard on my Perkins Brailler. <laughs> you know, just because you you know you'll never lose it if it's around your neck.
0: Well, I've got the charging cable. I've got the case. I just don't know where i put the gun
1: well see i've lost glasses. i've lost the cable again and that i've lost the is awful. it's, it's, it's the the shortest terrible
2: cable i've ever seen in my life i
0: have it plugged into the front of my pc in one of the usb ports and it just stays there so oh, that's like, a good idea i've
3: got yeah. about six of them it. if anyone wants a spare well there you go because he keeps getting
1: fresh ones sent him to... yeah um now uh, just to go back to Addie's email which we came to about a, a year ago um the discussion around headphones um now, funnily enough, Addy says, this discussion about headphones could go on for as long as my lunch break. But uh, it, sadly, is go- my lunch break is going to end. Uh, before I end at this point, this is obviously as, uh, as this person writes this, I want to introduce a headphone brand to you, all of you. Uh, it's a relatively unknown company called, I think it's Mez or Mez, Meze, or Meze, M-E-Z-E, Um, based in Romania. They make amazing headphones. Recently, I got in touch with a headphone guru He's an audiophile, and he recommended me a model called the Mies Classics 99. Now, these are over the ear headphones, costing approximately $309. Now, they are wired. Mm. They offer no Bluetooth connectivity, but they are a pure joy to use, specifically if one is an audiophile. Now, I am not an audiophile, but this model is in my to-buy list, in case my existing over the ear headphones go bad, which might happen quite soon. From what I hear, they're also gorgeous to look at. They're not available through Amazon, where I live, so I need to get them from a specialist store. In the meantime, though, I am planning to get an entry-level version from Mies called the Mies Classics 12v2. They are in-ear style and have very good feedback. Uh, They are currently out of stock, but I'll get these as soon as they're available. Now for the recommendation for the blind man himself, Stephen Scott. Oh, here we go. Um, Well, the above was for mortals. And for the man himself, there has to be something more this works, Addy. I was informed by someone who understands music very well about the Mies Elite. Well, oh, I like the sound of this. He mentioned that perhaps these are the best headphones ever made, <gasps> and they cost only 4,000 US dollars. Bargain. Hence, not for the mortals, but only for the elite blind guy. I guess Tim, Robin, Sean, and Sally are nodding to this in agreement. I am never buying these, as I am not an audiophile, and they're way outside my budget. Also, my use of over-the-ear headphones is very limited, specifically for use with screen readers. I'm not sure how much value or addition these would provide. However, for sure, if I I can get them, I'll get these Mies Classics in the near future, and we'll consider the Classics 99. In the meantime, I have ordered the final Audio E2000. Uh, These are just simple in-ear headphones, a replacement uh, to my Bose sports wired earphones, which have been my daily drivers at the office and while traveling, but are now about to die. I mean, the cable has kind of broken, and now Bose has continued the model. But they have served me very well. Regards, Addy. Wow, you're into your headphones, right? Wow,
2: oh, that was a hell of an
1: email. Well done. Jeez, that was incredible. Um, yeah, thank you for that. Definitely, uh, definitely one to consider. I will, I will look into that, the elites.
0: Uh, I'm going to look in, not to the Elites, at least. I'll look at them, but that's all <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do. But the other ones, I, I, I might have to look into getting a pair of those.
1: OK, let's get a voicemail in now. This is from Felix.
4: Hi, uh, blind guys and
1: blind girl talks tech. Oh, I didn't
4: have to get that right the first time, but hey. Well done. <laughs> it's what it is. Um, it's me again. Yes, it's Felix. Hey, um, Felix. just wanted to um, give an update on a situation that I think you guys commented on, on, or at least you guys read out my, um, my message, or at least played it anyway. Um, And to give an update, Uh, I've spoken to the the disability team for the university I'm going to regarding my course, and things seem to be moving in the right way. I get the feeling, though, which is a bit of a shame, that they're not really clued up on, you know, exactly how to help me, Um, but they are trying, and that's why, although it's frustrating, I can't really... Uh, we have a go at people and start you know, throwing punches and things like that. Um, no, don't do that. So the way it stands is I'm supposed to the, the disability advisor is going to speak to the course team at some point this week and they'll get back to me next week. They have to decide like, to bring in my laptop but I've just discovered that it's not going to be very practical for me to do that. Um, so things could get interesting but they are trying and that's you know, I can't really fault them for that. Um, so, um, yeah, so I'll give you a bit of an update. The only other thing I really wanted to comment on really was that um, on Monday's episode – was it Monday's episode? It? No, no, it wasn't. It was Tuesday's episode where you guys were talking about audio uh, uh, and um, and surround sound. It turns out in a test on a um, particular tech show recently that it, it, it turns out that if you wanted a more richer sound – you would need to um, you would need to get the full speaker experience and things like that. However, Sonos and um, Adobe uh, Adobe what is it? I can't remember what it's exactly called, but you know what I mean. The whole soundbar thing does better. So if you want clarity, you want to go for the sound bar. But if you want a more richer experience, cinematic experience, having more speakers across the floor is the way to go. But really enjoy what you guys do, and uh, talk to you guys soon. Maybe it might even send another message. You never know. Anyway, this is Felix. Talk to you guys
1: soon. Thank Bye you, Felix. Now. Yeah, thank you. Talking about the uh, Sonos episode we did uh, with MacDonald McDonald um, this week, I think it was. Yeah. Um, that was an interesting one. Finding all about uh, Sonos and how it works. Yeah, enjoyed mm-hmm. that. Uh, Julian writes in, uh, hello, team. I hope I find you all enjoying the Easter sunshine. Or well, I guess we did enjoy the Easter sunshine. Um, feeling all that vitamin D flowing through your body? No. I just take multivitamins, to be honest. It yeah. solves the problem. You just go outside. Um, back on the 29th of January, you featured an interview with Kerry Doyle, enthusing about the commentary screen reader on Android. I was tempted to give it a try, but was cautious, because I found a relatively small number of how to use guides on the internet. And because of the need to sideload it, I wasn't sure. The software does, after all, originate from China. Admittedly, my Chinese spy checking out my personal secrets will probably die of boredom. But on principle, my my data is my data. Is there any likelihood of you having Kerry on again for an update on her experience with the screen reader? Despite my caution, I am still tempted. Regards, Negative Julian. Uh, Well, Sean, um, you've been talking to Kerry recently. Any update?
2: Yes, there is. And breaking news, shockingly, she's gone back to talk back.
1: Oh, you're joking, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Now,
2: let me say, there isn't a like a show-stopping reason she's gone back to talk back, and it's uh, one specific, and that is uh, commentary. Instead of saying something like uh, four exclamation marks or ten underscores or whatever it may be, it will read them all out. And she tends to use a lot of Ooh, oh <laughs> a lot of exclamation marks or whatever in her text, right. so she 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 said it just became too much of an annoyance that instead of saying you know three exclamation marks, it would say exclamation mark exclamation mark exclamation mark." so she did get in touch with the developer and put that up and flagged it up as a you know a problem um but it hasn't been fixed yet, so purely because of that reason, she has gone back to talk back um as for your other Concerns there, negative Julian. I think you're absolutely right. To be honest, for me, the sideloading aspect of it is enough for me to say uh, I would wait until it came to the to to the Play Store. You know, why Mm -hmm. are we having to sideload this? And it doesn't mean there's anything shady going on. And as far as I know, and what Kerry said, there is a bit of an active community around it, so I'm sure there isn't. But still, I I think I would just why not wait until it hits the Play Store?
3: Is it not a question of it needing to have a level of access that a Play Store app will never be granted? What do you mean? For a screen reader to be able to access all of the UI information in every situation might be something that apps aren't
0: granted. Don't know. Well, there are other third-party yeah, uh, screen readers for Android, aren't there? In the store? That are in the Play Store. Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: okay. bike's one of them.
2: That, well, yeah.
1: Technically, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Are we clear on that? Excellent. Yep, okay. Cool. Well, I'll move on. <laughs> uh, so, Gordon says, uh, "Hi, Stephen and gang. I was planning to send you a voicemail rant about things not working as they should on the MacBook, but the chat you had on Wednesday raised a lot of points, which sent my mind racing off in a different direction. I apologise for the length of this email. You may need an eighth day of the week to fit this in." Um will <laughs> sit back. Carry on. <laughs> get your coffee, get your tea, or <sighs> more, more coffee. Um, your tales of anxiety when thinking about going on a journey resonated with me, but I must say that I am now far more relaxed about going out on my own thanks to Ira. I'm lucky enough to be able to afford a paid plan, and although I still don't venture outside all that often, I find that having Ira means I can go to places alone when I would never have considered doing that before. Knowing that help is available removes a lot of the stress. Admittedly, I mostly use it in areas where I am broadly familiar with my surroundings, but it's still brilliant for avoiding other pedestrians, lampposts, wheelie bins, and cars parked on pavements. Now, Stephen, you mentioned traveling by train. I'm not sure whether you mean the clockwork orange, that is Glasgow's subway, or the mainline services. If the latter, ScotRail run a passenger assistance scheme, where their staff will help you board a train, find a seat, and disembark at your destination. It's free, and there's even an app called Passenger Assistance which is fully accessible. It's uh, not much use for spur-of-the-moment journeys, but booking ahead makes journeys very stress-free. I recently travelled to uh, or from Livingston to Dundee via Haymarket and back again later in the day. That involved four separate trains, and ScotRail staff met me at every leg of the journey. One other thing I think is worth talking about is the role of sighted guides. I'm very fortunate in that I'm often able to enlist a family member to act as a sighted guide, especially if going somewhere unfamiliar. However, while this reduces the anxiety levels for me, I must admit I did not realize the pressure it places on my guide. Recently, my wife went out for a day with some of her friends. And her main comment on returning was that it was nice to go somewhere and not need to be the eyes of the party. Acting as a sighted guide can be stressful too. And this is something I personally must try harder to remember. I'm loving the show. I'm managing to keep up with the episodes, mostly by missing out any discussion on Braille. LOL. Seven days a week is fine for me. As for the time of day, I don't care. Um, and if you've got listeners all over the world, I say you can never please anyone or everyone anywhere, whatever you do. So just stick to what suits you. That's all for now. I'll send in another Apple rant some other time. Look forward to it, Gordon. Thank you. Um, well, Excellent. there's a lot to unpick from that, right? But um, yeah, that, that I, I think that the key points out of that, yeah, we, we must remember our sighted people who give us help, because it's a challenge for them as well. Um, I often think about this. I mean, it's, it's interesting because I think we're kind of split down the middle here. Um, two of us have partners or, or wives who are uh, visually impaired and two don't. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what you guys think of this. And you don't have to open up on this. It's just, a you know, just because God mentions it, I bring it up. But, you know, I guess there's probably a point where for a sighted partner or wife that it is a bit more stressful for them because in our case, you know, it's like, my wife will say to me, as I'm sure said it does to you, Sean. Um, you know, it's like, well, you've got to figure this out because I can't. So you, you're kind of forcing yourself to do things that, you know, yeah. for example, if you've got a sighted wife, you would just they might turn around and just say, "Oh, it's okay, I'll just do this."
3: For me, with um, Judith, is I think always happy to be that person, be that guide. I know that it comes at a cost, though. <laughs> so mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, she. Uh, Yeah, it it puts a load on them. They can't, you know, relax because they care about you and they don't want you to bounce off things or, you know, even get a fright or whatever. So, um, you know, even telling you that it's a curb isn't enough. They have to tell you whether it's a big curb or not or a half, you know, half up or something. Um, Otherwise, you might trip or, you know, so there's so much to it that... I can't imagine that it wouldn't come at a price not that she complains or anything but it would be more of an effort than if I went there <laughs> well mm. the point
0: of having an understanding of our sighted guide you know having patience with our sighted guide is probably you know even even just as important because you know my wife could guide me somewhere and you know like robin said telling me there's a step up or you know there's a door or whatever you know, it, it's not always easy to remember those things, even all the years that we've been together and she's been guiding me and we have a routine. We definitely have our own little set things that we do and, and a routine of things that we do, or if we go somewhere, you know, she'll do the whole. You know, hey, you sit here and I'll go over and take care of this or get that, and I'll come back. You know, sit me down. at, You know, if we're at a buffet or you know, uh, at a restaurant or something, park us up.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah. Just kind of
0: park me somewhere. <laughs> or hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go do this. I'm gonna put you up against this wall. I'll be right back. Yep. You know, uh,
1: okay, like yeah, an umbrella. No, yeah, exactly. That's not You're done be, for a while. <laughs> just they, do, they need here, to park you move. against
3: a wall because otherwise, you might be clashed by people and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you might right. Drift so. Off. But,
0: but yes, yeah, so, I mean there there is definitely something to it. But it's it's having that conversation with your sighted guide, so they understand what it is that you might need. You understand what they might need because you've got to be able to give them feedback as well to say, hey, this is actually you know more helpful, or or could you tell me when we see this or that? Uh, and, and like I said, on the flip side, they can't help you unless you talk to them, and and, and you can't help them, you know. So yeah, we we have our our system, but I, I would not at all ever think that it's not an anxiety for her at times or that it's not stressful. Cause I'm sure that it is, especially, I mean, our daughter's going to be 10 years old now this year, but when she was much younger, not only did Jennifer have to guide me, but then chasing after a, a, you know, a small child. Um, and, and, (laughs) that's just not easy um, for anybody. So it it is definitely a a process. But I think as long as, like I said, as long as you have communication and patience and and talk to each other about it, um, you know, that that should alleviate a lot of anxiety. My sister's
3: son makes a brilliant job of it and he's only seven. So, you know, they kind of naturally take that role and, and kind of learn what's involved. But with Judith and myself, right from the beginning, we didn't kind of discuss this or anything, but... We just, we've always just held hands, which I think adds an extra level of challenge to the guide because it does, you know, you're in the other, like if you're taking their elbow or something, then, you know, you get a lot of information through the elbow as they go up a, a step, you know, they didn't, they don't necessarily have to say, and you don't get that level of accurate information from just holding hands. So she, she, she has to say all that stuff. So that probably adds an extra level of difficulty to her I would hope though it's kind of second nature now but yeah there is uh, it must be not stressful but you know mental have a mental load
1: (laughs) We we don't get any of that Sean do we we just get told get on with it
3: yeah, shut up, get out of my way, usually. Yeah. What's well. wrong with that? <laughs>
2: not
0: that I don't... We, I get that too, though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's not like a better or worse situation. It's just a, it's just a, right. how do you deal with the reality of it, right? And what about people yep. who live alone? You know, I mean, it's a different story again, you know. So, You've so got to it's laugh not...
2: at it most of the time. That's what you got to do. We went out the <laughs> exactly. other day and we were trying to... We crossed the road. And so all of a sudden, she just fell on the floor. She just... Yeah, oh, he co- does that as well. The curb just, we stepped down from the curb and she just ended up rolling around on the floor. And I couldn't stop laughing for about 10 minutes. It was hilarious. And you, you just got to, because you're yeah. always going to do stuff like that anyway. Otherwise you're going to cry, yep. but it was so funny.
1: This this conversation that we had on Wednesday, which, you know, felt in some ways like we were filling time and it, we weren't, but we kind of felt we wanted to talk about these issues. We didn't uh, have and a just, specific topic, did we? We That's didn't have a specific topic to on that one. So we just yeah. want to talk and catch up on some stuff and it's really resonated with people. Here's a comment from Peter.
5: Hi, Stephen and Sean. It's Peter from Robin Hood County, hoping you well. After listening to the episode yesterday, just a couple of thoughts. I think the podcast should be daily. And like you said, Sean, people can pick and choose as they wish. Well, thanks. The time to me is immaterial because... My podcatcher will send me a notification as to when a new item appears and then I'll look and if it's of interest to me, I'll listen to it. Having said that though, I did listen to Monday's episode about various products for people with low vision and although I don't have uh, enough vision to use these products, I found it interesting At least then I can tell other people about them. But I would prefer to have them every day and pick and choose. That way the weekend editions then can be used for the thoughts of all the people that send in emails. I do listen to the podcasts I choose in the Blind Guy Talks tech list. But I always listen to the weekend editions because I like to hear What other people are thinking about and the comments that they make because they're all important so whether your sight limitation is blind or partial sight all these podcasts are of interest and i thank you for them because we don't have a lot of information out there for people with visual limitations don't like the word handicapped it's limitations And I think that these podcasts are necessary. Just a few thoughts there. Sorry you got lost in the field, Sean, but at least you had Ira and Soundscape to help you out. I'm afraid I'm still the old-fashioned kind. I use a white cane and make friends with as many lampposts as possible. (laughs) On that note, I'll bid you a fond farewell. Take care for now, and we'll hopefully talk again soon. And again, thank you for the podcasts.
1: Thanks, Peter. And uh, yeah, great episode with uh, Jason Shaw from Vision Aid at the start of the week, talking all about um, the, the low vision stuff. I mean, the wearable tech, you know, which, which is really interesting. Because, you know, as people who, all of us here, frankly, who are probably beyond that point of being able to really benefit from that kind of tech, it was just kind of nice to talk about that. Because it's kind of tech we don't often get the chance to. Um, which is the joy of the podcast, right? We get a chance to talk to lots of different people from different companies, talking about different things. And um, Jason's going to be back as a regular um, here on the podcast every month or so, talking about different things from the company Vision Aid, which is a great business. Um, Now, just going on about this this conversation we had about getting lost in fields, um, this is from the other yank named Greg. That's his words, not mine. Um, He says, Arizona, not Connecticut. I must have got that wrong. Last week, I probably did. Um, He says, I enjoyed your episode on April 20. Sean, you're not alone. I've been lost a few times and love it when I can call Ira for help. What I foolishly do is sometimes start talking on Clubhouse while walking and end up forgetting where I am. Yes. (laughs) My guide dog knows where he wants to go, and without telling him what I want, he just has a merry old time going where he wants to go. This, of course, is all my fault, but I wish I could just ask him, why did you bring me here? (laughs) As for how many shows you do, um, just keep doing what makes you happy. I love that you give us an episode a day. Being an American, not every show is entirely relevant to me, such as when you talk about services available in Great Britain. Yes, we are great, aren't we? However, most of them are enjoyable anyways, and I listen to as many as I can. If some weeks you don't feel like doing seven episodes, go ahead and take a break. However, as long as you're enjoying it, so are we. Keep up the great work, Greg. Thank you so much for that, Greg. Thanks, Greg. And uh, yes, to that point, we won't be doing a weekend edition next <laughs> week. <laughs> it's my wife and I's anniversary, so we're off for a nice weekend away, so we won't be here to record. Oh, we'll so, let you yes. Up. Okay, thanks. <laughs> um, Nicole gets in touch, uh, I think, for the first time uh, in audio form and uh, sent us this voice message.
6: Hi, blind guys. It's Nicole from London here. Finally getting in touch with you all. I've been listening for years and finally managed to to reply to um, your podcast. Really love your work. I love the variety of content in the new podcast and the fact that it's daily and the weekend edition. Yeah, there's always something to uh, discover or learn or just rehash. So, uh, yeah, love what you do, all of you. Thanks. I wanted to talk today about Ira. Uh, Sean mentioned it in an episode this week. And I just find it completely like it's it's the tool you must have, you know, even if you do have the free or the the paid subscription, like you just never know when you might need it. Um, For me, I use it a lot for travel and getting out and about, and I just find that it fills in so many visual gaps, you know, things like um, the first time I used it, I remember it got me through an open space into a building to the lift, up to a different level and found the, the meeting room that I needed. So that just completely wowed me. Um, and from then on, like I used it to orientate myself when I moved from Sydney to London and just, yeah, having the reassurance of feeling like you've got someone with you, you know, over the phone. It just I find it decreases a bit of that anxiety that can creep in if you do get lost or you know, you're not quite sure. But just the level of visual information it can give you, like quite often I might call ahead before I travel along a, a new route or something just to get a sense of the cross streets and the turns, or like even when I'm when I am travelling and I come to an intersection, just numbing the shape of the intersection intersection, you know, am I lined up um correctly? How many lanes are there? Or I do find as well that it can help when I'm walking with my guide dog in that he might avoid something and the agent can say, Oh, your dog just walked around a pole or a bunch of people on the footpath or an e scooter. Um, or there's people walking towards you, oh no, they've moved out of your way. So just all that kind of haphazard info. It's it's just makes my life so much easier. Um, The other thing is I use it a lot for traveling on public transport as well and just being able to find exactly the right bus when it pulls into your stop. Um, Finding an empty seat is also something I use it for. And, yeah, just that haphazard visual information i mean i know that it is costly but for me um, if i don't have help around which you know in a new country uh, i don't always or you know just the fact of having to wait for someone to come and help um, Ira just takes all of that stress out and you know dealing with people's opinions sometimes like it, mm-hmm. there's none of that you know the agents do not judge they're just there to assist and um, yeah I could go on and on about Ira really but I, I absolutely absolutely love it. The other thing I wanted to quickly ask about is NaviLens so you covered this on an episode a while back and I I was planning to use it to label some of the artworks and photographs that we've got around the home because I never remember what they are, but I can't figure out um, how to attach the NaviLens codes that you print out to things. So I was wondering if anyone has done it already and how you have attached your codes to your items. I would love to know. I've asked in a few different places and no one seems to know. So, yeah, if anyone's got any tips on that, I would really appreciate them. Anyway, I think that's enough from me. And, uh, yeah, keep up the great work. Take care.
1: Well, wow, thank you, Nicole. Um, lots of love for Ira this week. Uh, yeah, amazing. Sean, you, so you've cool. turned the tap on on that one. But I think here's the, <laughs> here's the thing. I think it all comes back to the simple fact that as great as artificial intelligence is, as great as devices are, machine learning, we just sometimes need a human. We just want a human around us. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree, I
2: agree. <laughs> I think more than that, I think it shows the... Uh, look, I couldn't afford a PA through the, you know, through the, the, the social services. I couldn't afford it. The, the, the contribution I would have to give meant, meant that I couldn't have one. And I think something like IRA, something like Be My Eyes absolutely can help with 90 percent of the stuff that I would want a personal assistant for uh, or support worker or whatever you want to, whatever term you want to use. And I think these are, are game changers, these services. We, we said it when they were announced, and it, it just proves that they, they have been. I, I can't say enough about them. They're amazing.
3: When she was talking about having a dog and IRA at the same time that struck me as like the ultimate combination where Mm -hmm. the dog's weaving you around but the other one's giving you a running running commentary about you know oh we're passing this or um or do you fancy you know there's there's a there's an offer on in that shop or you know stuff that we miss and obviously getting your hand to touch the very door handle um you know that kind of thing that would be so cool
1: yeah, I agree. I mean, it is the ultimate, isn't it? Really, it does feel that way. Um, now, I want to pick up on uh, this with Rebecca's email again. Um, and this again goes back to my question about the podcast and your views on it being uh, seven days a week. Uh, Since I use Overcast to view your podcast and receive notifications about the latest episode, it does not matter to me when the content gets uploaded. I enjoy the variety of content you and everyone on the team produce. Though I do have some catching up to do, uh, please make sure all your shows are archived if you can, because every episode offers some insight. Well, just on that point, Rebecca, we we don't delete episodes from our feed. Um, we encourage that 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 doesn't happen on our on our hosting site and on our website, all the episodes are there. So, you know, as much as we can keep that. Uh, For as long as we can keep that, we will. Uh, She says, I love the daily format, and your show is one of my favorite podcasts. So thank you. Um, Do what is best for you and the team. Now, you discussed uh, the blind versus low vision divide in your latest episode. While I acknowledge the different types of challenges each group faces, I think there is some overlap. For example, I hate going out during the pandemic, and I find the entire process stressful, even though I have been blind since birth. Drivers are usually very nice, but they often do get lost trying to find my condo. Then there is the extra time that paratransit or bus riders have to wait before and after appointments. A one-hour appointment can take four hours out of my day. And Uber has always been more expensive, even before the gas crisis. Just, just to pick up on this, now, Tim, you'll know about this. This uh, paratransit, is that? Is that specific transport for disabled people in America? Is that what that yeah, is? Yeah,
0: paratransit is specific to each city or even each town. Um, maybe even a statewide thing here where I live, there's a statewide uh, paratransit department. And yeah, you can uh, get very specific transportation. So for example, when I uh, was working where I had to go into you know downtown area every day, downtown Cincinnati, I would have paratransit and they would come right to my door, pick me up, you know, pull right into my driveway, actually, uh, pick me up and then take me directly to my, you know, my work. Now there might've been other people that had also booked or scheduled uh, a trip. So, if there was somebody with a drop off on the way, maybe you know, we would do that. But most of the time, it was you know direct, uh, you know direct drop off to where I needed to go. Um, but yeah, this this is something that's you know statewide. Sometimes your your local county. Um, but yeah, it is it is a local thing, and you pay a certain fare. Um, you know, obviously to to get that. But um, but yeah, it works out really nicely because for me to get to the regular bus stop that would be nearest to where I live, it's like a mile, mile and a half away. And I, I could wow. have Jennifer maybe drive me there and we did for a little bit, but it was so much easier once I got signed up for paratransit. Because, like I said, they just came right to my door, picked me up, and, it, you know, it's a door-to-door service. So um, it was mm. much, much nicer than me trying to figure out getting to the, the local bus stop uh, in order to, to get where I need to go.
3: Do you have that in England, guys? Well, we have Dial-A-Ride, don't we? Is that still going? I think there's uh, local authority initiatives. So I don't think it's universal.
1: Yeah, I know we've got one up here called My Bus, which is, um, I mean, it's so funny, right, because years ago and I'm talking years ago, it used to be called, and I'm not kidding you, Your Wee Happy Bus.
2: Oh, my. Oh, that's beautiful.
1: It had a picture of a bus on the side that was smiling and giving thumbs up.
2: Oh, gorgeous.
1: That's so Scottish and so twee, it was ridiculous. That's what it used to say. And, of course, nobody wants to get on that. Nobody wanted on that bus, right? Because it was like, I'm not getting on the happy bus. I want to be on the miserable bus. (laughs) I've any other say,
2: I've never, I've never managed to get an Uber yet. Now, <laughs> admittedly, I haven't tried to that many times. Mm. So that, would,
1: that would certainly help.
2: Four or five times I've tried to get an Uber, and every time, right, it goes through, everything's fine, and then they cancel, and I'm sure it's when they see me with a stick, they cancel. I don't know wow. if they're assuming I've got a guide dog It's very or possible. That I've that. never managed to get an Uber.
0: We always have very good luck with it when we've gone away places, either Uber or Lyft, depending on which one has the cheaper rate at the time. But they, they both uh, they both serve us very well. And, and honestly, I mean, they, they've been a lifesaver for us, almost literally in, in places where we we can't get anywhere. You know, we don't have a vehicle or there is no bus or, or anything else. And to be able to get an Uber or a Lyft and, and be able to get somewhere, it, it's, it, yeah, it's really nice. It's a shame that you've not been able to have anybody... Pick you up? That does happen, though. We once did once, we-
1: Sean. We did once.
2: Yes, but see, that was me and you, right? And that was in London. That was different. I'm just. And saying, that was terrible. Yeah, we had to. Yeah, we had to go and meet him somewhere, right? Up I a mean, back street. Yeah. Okay. I'm not entirely sure he was an Uber. Thinking about, it. <laughs> but at least we got home wow. afterwards.
1: Well, we got close to it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's interesting because I, I used to travel a lot down to London, and I was into the whole Uber thing, and. I had issues trying to locate the driver. That was the problem, because you would often have to, they'd say, you know, there's a meeting point. And I couldn't figure out on the map what the meeting point was. I couldn't read the map to be able to, or see it, to be able to understand where I was in relation to the driver. Um, So I invested a lot of money, a whole pound, I should say, a whole British pound. God bless you. um, In this rectangle piece of card with a cutout at one of the corners, that has the word taxi emblazoned on it, right? And I literally would just stand on the corner and just hold up this sign. And a black cab would just pull up. And i just be Magically, it would just appear. Because there's like a million black cabs, right? So they were all over the place. So you just stand on the corner, hold this thing up, and the black cab would stop. And every driver, every time I did it, a driver would say, do you know, I wish everyone had one of those, because that is just brilliant. Because people stand waving and all the rest, and they don't know if they're wanting a bus, or they want a taxi, or they want what. Being attacked by a wasp yeah exactly that's right (laughs) suddenly a taxi shows up um but it was just such a simple thing and it made such a difference so um yeah
2: in that there london it will but yeah 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 not
1: where else could you
2: use it? our local
0: bus transportation service there in cincinnati they actually have available for i guess anybody but specifically if you're blind or partially sighted they have cards it's on like a flip book and so depending on what number bus you want you and they are braille and and or large print well, as well as large print. I think they even have tactile numbers on them, uh, and so you just flip the numbers because they're almost always I think just two numbers. I don't think there's anything more than two digits. And so, say if you needed bus seventy-five, you would just flip it. You know the one to seven, the other one the five, and just hold that up because if you're at a A stop where multiple different buses going to different places are going to show up. You know, maybe there's three or four different buses that show up at this one station or this one stop. And so you're not sure, is this the one I want? Um, They actually, you can get it for free. They'll give you the split book with these numbers. So it's a very similar idea. And actually, I think it's got other, I don't remember now, it's been so long since I've used it, but it had other things in it that would have little signs like that. Not taxi, obviously, but you know, if, if you needed, you know, other services or something else. So, um, yeah, that's a really good idea. But, yeah, that I, I do remember that they did offer that as something free you could use for the bus.
1: I used to have one of those, and it was like a magnetic board, right? And it had a little handle on the back, and you would hold it up. You'd just stick the numbers on the front. And, of course, the problem is that the, the magnetic numbers. And being a kid, I lost half the numbers. Oh, so it meant I could only get buses that were, you know, with a four and an eight in them. Um, (laughs) It didn't work for me very well. Um, Stop losing the number, Stephen. Rebecca goes on to say, my trust in people has taken a nosedive since the pandemic. I feel vulnerable because Mm -hmm. I can't see what's going on around me, and there is only so much information you can get through your other senses. I prefer to go to places with my mum and avoid crowds. She knows how seriously I take the pandemic. I get more enjoyment out of online interactions with groups I trust. The quality of interaction matters more to me than the format it takes. Do you know it's so interesting to hear you say that Rebecca because I think a lot of people got so used to doing things online and I think a lot of us in the blind world thought please can we just keep this going because you know yes, in-person it works events for me. Yeah. yeah, I mean in-person events are great if you want that but can we not just get a hybrid model? You know if if a if, if CSUN comes along can't we just still attend virtually? Do I have to honestly do I have to still have to get off my backside and go to whatever Anaheim is? Yes. You know. <laughs> yes you do. <laughs> I don't want to do it. I don't want to, I want to do it online. I want to do it on Zoom. I mean, if there's a good reason why
3: you need to attend somewhere, you know, and be tactile and, you know, look at hardware or something, you know, online ticks all the boxes for me. I mean, yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm a people person, so I, I absolutely need that integra- uh, interaction with people. But, yeah, I, um, IRL doesn't seem to ha- had anything what is to was
1: IRL? You? What were you we saying, IRL? What's that? In real life.
3: Yeah, virtual's good. Is that what that means? Yeah, virtual's fine.
1: Why do you see IRL? Are you trying to be done with the kids, yeah. Robin?
2: Saves time. Stop it. you got to explain it all
1: the so time. Well, it doesn't help, yeah. I've never had <laughs> of it time my life. I, I keep said, people who talk about it. i like, what are you
0: talking about? I, I said IRL once out loud to my wife in front of my daughter. And my wife looked at me and said, don't ever just do, don't. Again. Yeah. Don't just, do it again. Just don't it again. Just don't do again. I'm that. with her, actually. Robin, no, I agree with you. I'm so again. Sorry. It was the once, first and last time I ever actually did it. I don't even know why I did it, and I agreed with her immediately. I'm like, yeah, I'll never do that
2: again. Yeah, just,
1: just <laughs> never do it. Can I, uh,
0: sorry, can I just go back? Because we, we missed something.
2: The Navi lens and sticking the... Oh, yes, from um, from Nicole, yes. That's from a good Nicole. point, yeah. I, I, I mean, I haven't got an answer to it, Okay, glad. Just, I'm glad
1: you brought that up then. That's good. I know, wow. but I'm just saying... You're just I'm highlighting just the lack of you.
2: knowledge. <laughs> yes, I'm marking it that if anyone does know, got any advice, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm assuming... What you, can you laminate them and then cut them, or?
1: Well, that's the I thing. I mean, if, you, if you're talking about affixing them to things, then I think it's it's it, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I, I mean, you could. I don't know if you still do. It, but you used to be able to buy sheets of labels,
0: yep, yep, um, adhesive
1: labels. You could run through your printer. I don't know if you can still do that.
0: Yeah, I believe so.
1: Um, that's one option. Um, it's so funny right Because I, I wanted to try The NaviLens thing After we were talking about it And then I remembered that The laser printer I got Was black and white I was like Oh Jesus What's wrong um, in it? well, well, that? Well it's a colour It needs Does to it be colour require colour color, though? Yeah.
2: Doesn't it have a Does it? Oh it, it requires ah, right. It requires just... the
1: colours to work Otherwise it's just a QR code
2: Well that's what I thought It would just have a QR code option Just black and white Ah Okay yeah
1: Yeah I know Hmm. Blind people so shouldn't buy does, printers. Let us know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And don't get me started on printers. We were going to talk about this last week, and we still didn't talk about it. But, you know, printers, uh, let's just let's just say this. They are all terrible. <laughs> all, yeah. right. all printers are terrible. Yeah, all of them, Tim. There's Absolutely there's, there's okay. not one particular brand. They are all terrible. I will <laughs> not hear a good word said about them, Tim. So don't even think about it.
0: I, I just said, OK. I didn't say anything else.
1: Excellent. Well, I'm glad okay. you agree. Okay, well, look, uh, we're going to go. Robin's going to dip off early. Um, Robin, thanks for coming on this week. We won't see you next week because none of us will be here next week mm-hmm. for the weekend edition. Thank you. We'll let you go. Um, but I uh, just want to end on a quick email, actually. Could have waited an extra five minutes, but, you know, is this no Got to go. IRL calls. Oh, Bye, IRL. IRL calls. I don't think it can call. Can real life call you? Yes. Anyway, uh, Marvin says, Hi, I use an Envoy Connect player and love it. Small, portable, and good quality audio. Simple interface, can carry in my pocket, has headphones, can get up to 50 titles, and as a member of Vision Australia and Visibility Blind Libraries in Australia as well, um, I can enjoy lots of different books. And no, you're not putting out too much content, says Marvin. There you go. Ah, Well done. Thank you very much. And that... Wraps it up, I think. I mean, we have got so many emails that we get in, and I hope I've got to all of them. Thank you for all of them. Thank you for your tweets as well. Now, before we go, just a, a very qu- and different goodbye that we would normally do. Normally, we say goodbye, and you know, if we're not fired, we'll be back for another show tomorrow, uh, which inevitably we're not because we make the show and we put it out there, and you know, it's on the internet, and nobody can cancel us, and that's fine. And I've got the access password for the account, so nobody can really get in there. And st- anyway, aside all that, we will be back with another show tomorrow. Um, Not the weekend edition next week, though. But we are going to finish with a bit of a different one uh, today because it is Jane's birthday. She's 46 today. Um, So we're saying happy birthday to Jane. And we'll leave you with this.
3: Happy birthday
0: to you.
3: You belong in
2: a zoo. With the monkeys and tigers. They
3: look just like you. Bye. Happy birthday.
2: Bye. Bye. Happy birthday, Happy Jane. Happy birthday, Jane.